G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I don't know how long I was there. Approximately, police thinks about four hours. I was locked up in the cupboard and I managed to somehow take the duct tape off my mouth. And I started pushing the cupboard door with my legs and my feet while leaning against the wall. And um, the door did eventually give away. And then I just ran. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part three of our conversation with Gloria Anderson, who was abducted from her home in 2011 by a person she was trying to help. This began a three-day horrific ordeal that included being mocked for her faith and enduring extreme physical torment. Last time, Gloria recalled the events that had led up to her abduction. She said that she had met her abductor, Darren, while volunteering at a soup kitchen and drop-in centre. Darren originally began going there to get help, but then continued as a volunteer. He needed a place to stay, and Gloria eventually allowed him to rent the granny flat on the back of her property. She said nothing would have led her to believe that he was capable of the crimes he would eventually commit, as he had been well-liked by others at the centre. However, she did say that he had made several advances towards her. She was going through a divorce at the time and made clear to him that she was not interested. Now we'll hear what happened next as Gloria shares selected parts of her story. And once again, we want to remind parents that today's program is not recommended for children. Also, the topics of violence and assault have the potential to trigger painful memories in those who've had similar experiences. So some adult listeners may prefer to avoid today's program as well. Once again, Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra, have joined Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. I had uh, separated and I was... Mm-hmm. My least of my worries was some other guy interested in me. So and there was a lot happening. And you made that plainly known... You weren't interested? Yes. But he didn't take no for an answer? No, he didn't. Uh, he did, for a period of time, he did say, okay, fine, you know, whatever. He backed off for a period of time mm-hmm. um, after his first advances for a month or two, mm-hmm. two, three months. And then and then one day after a birthday party, we had gone for one of, the, uh, one of our other volunteers. Um, we came home. And he snapped, and mm. that's where the assault took place. And my default position at that time was to freeze. We often hear of uh, mm. fight and flight, and often the neglect way. the freeze. Yeah. But my default position was freeze because, as a child, that was my. That's where I went. Uh, I just froze. So uh, you were somewhat in shock. Yeah. That this guy who had been pretty friendly. Yeah. All of a sudden snapped. Yeah. Kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and Pretty this much. dark side came out unexpectedly. Uh, yeah, and it 
it it was it was definitely was is his his face has changed he could see his whole persona has changed uh, by this time i i had been punched um uh, but then soon after he said i cannot see those uh that the fear in your eyes that absolutely shocked him and he started crying and he's saying please forgive me for what you know i just i anything i touch you know goes into pieces i break everything and i've broken you and he just uh yeah it was it was he was like in a big mess mm. um and then after that um he after he apologized he actually had um he said oh what do you want to do um do you want to go to the police and at that time and i i was still trying to figure out what had happened just trying to make sense yeah, of what yeah you're a shark I, yeah, yeah and obviously beaten up as well and he had done other stuff along the way and he he then uh, offered to go to the police himself and I, he goes do you to want to turn himself in yes and i said i would rather you do that than me going doing saying something but um and then we went separate ways and then morning came and then he asked um if i would still like him to go to the police and i said yes and immediately that's when he snapped again you could see mm. it was very demonic as well because yeah. the words he was using while he was doing all of this was they're going to be consequences you're nothing you're just but a piece of meat you're mm. you're nobody just trying to dehumanize and mm. detach um so there was all that happening in that process um and and he was obviously he was freaking out he was like i guess crisis control in his head mm. while he was doing all of this um he made sure that he attacked my faith and that was like that's one thing i think it that always bothered him hmm he was saying stuff like where is your god now there is no god i told you there is no god wow and where is your pastors there's there's nobody here to come and help you there's hmm. and and really even, mocking you yeah and mocking god hmm so he eventually puts you in the boot of his car yes he uh so he um So his plan was uh his the plan he uh explained to me was um we were going to uh, uh go he was going to go to Queensland somewhere and get on a boat and escape the country and we were going to drive there and he was going to uh drive me to the border of Victoria and leave me at the border of Victoria and New South Wales he was going to apparently leave me at the border there and, and I would make my way home while he fled to Queensland and god knows where so that was the hmm. that was the plan I was explained while so my, he told you what he was doing and why yeah while you were captive yes and in that meantime he made me um transfer all the money to his account um, oh wow he threatened uh if i did anything that he would um torture my kids mm. uh he explained i apparently i still don't know if it was a lie or if a it was or a whatever. threat or yeah. whatever that um but he knew because he had physically assaulted you yeah that you could turn him in yeah and so that was one of the motives of him trying to flee 
Yeah. But he hadn't really thought it through. No. Because he's taking you along. Yeah. Things are getting worse. He then, um, in that meantime, I've obviously uh, managed to also give a message to my counselor at that time, a different con- different counselor to my current one, mm. saying, I have been assaulted, I don't know what to do. And so she finds out, so she's like, go to the hospital. But in that meantime, he intercepts, and then um, obviously that message is lost. Oh, he took your phone. Yeah. Mm. And while he gave these threats um, for my children, that was his way of managing how I went and where I went Mm. Um, and so we went in the car and my car because he didn't have a car so we got in oh you were in the boot of your own car Uh, that was that actually happened later on Mm. but initially because we were in a suburban place so you know you can't do that my car is parked out in the public you can't really Right, you can't put a person into the boot of your car without people noticing. Yes, yeah. so initially he, uh, we drove through the town. Um, mm. So he drove to the uh, to an in- industrial area, mm. and that's where um, he actually first uh, asked me to get into the boot of my own car, and that's where actually he threw out uh, my phone. That's which I found out later on, mm. which I will come back to later on uh, in the story. Now, before we continue with the abduction, what was his criminal past? Um, there was assault in Queensland, um, and there was fraud, um, and yeah, a few other minor assaults here and there. Mm. So there were but nothing to really indicate he was capable of. No. Such a horrendous crime. No. It was, Mm. even though it seemed, even though it sort of seemed very sudden, but then looking back at it, in hindsight, you could see there was a, he was working his way towards what he was going to do. Um, It was premeditated. You could see Mm. the thinking behind. Um, And so, yeah, I didn't. I obviously found out uh, as in the trial when later on when he was caught that he had a much bigger past. Uh, hmm. Okay. So continuing with your ordeal, three-day ordeal, you're in the boot of your own car. Yeah. Not having any idea where you're going. No. Um, so we did stop at one um, caravan park. Hmm. Um where which I thought was Marysville because that's what he would he was saying oh we will stop at Marysville well it's getting dark so in the night after we had left um Alexandria which I found later on which I thought was Marysville um mm. um was the time where I had most of my praying and time mm-hmm. with God um, yeah, what's what's going on inside of you during all this? Being in the boot of a car, not knowing where you're going. There were a series of things, thought process first, A, I can't imagine this is happening to me. Yeah, yeah you're still uh, trying to get over the shock of it all. Now, I remember reading a similar sort of story in Reader's Digest years ago mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, I'm sort of imagining things um, like, Will I come out of it alive? Will I will mm. I die? Mm. Um, yeah, because now you don't know what he's capable of. Yes, 
Um, and in that time, like one of the things, one of these memories that often comes to me, I remember it's middle of the night, I don't know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, and we're driving along, and I'm asking God, I do not know what's happening. But if I come out of it alive, use it for your glory. Mm. That, that was, was your prayer? That was my first prayer that I remember clearly. My other prayer while I was in the boot was, um, one verse that kept coming was John 10.10. 10. You know, the thief comes to kill and to destroy, but mm. Christ come to give life eternal. I prayed for Darren at that time. I prayed for... You prayed for your abductor? Yes. Um, I prayed for probably a Saul-like moment, Paul uh, later on, uh, called Paul. Oh, um, for for him? Yes. To suddenly realize and be convicted of what he was doing? Yes, and um, I prayed for his salvation. Mm-hmm. I prayed that... Um, he may meet God, um, and I prayed that I would be released. I prayed all series of, mm-hmm. obviously, yo-yo of emotions going. But at yeah. the same time, also, I was ready to die. I had accepted if I probably will not come out of this alive. And You had been beaten. Yeah. Uh, beaten, tortured, uh, probably had covered in bruises of Hmm. all colors of rainbow probably by then. Hmm. Um, And I'd accepted if I died and if I was okay with it. And I obviously prayed for my kids. I was like, God, Hmm. I I think I have taught them as much as I could for Hmm. this age, but if it is your will, you know that prayer Hmm. prayer of Gethsemane became very real. Hmm. That that, um, prayer of, you know, if it is if it is your will, take this cup from me. Mm. Became very real, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I was okay with that. If mm. if if that was the case, but at the same time, I was I I guess you can say having a lot of conversations with God. Another conversation was God. I know you have at the same time given all these promises. Um, you know about my future and mm. I would like to do and still mm. serve the community, still mm. serve people, mm-hmm. um, probably still be a parent to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's meant to be, then you have to get me out of here. I don't know how. Yeah. But after those prayers, um, and then I, I guess there was a weird way of saying this, there was peace of God as well. There wow, through all of that. Yes. There was peace of God as well. There was, I don't know how, I managed to sing songs, managed to sing worship songs, um, man, uh, one or two worship songs. They're mainly old hymns because the old hymns have God <laughs> words that... that uh, the hymns were the ones that you went to. Yes. Mm. Uh, the ones, Amazing Grace. And that ministered to your soul. Definitely. Um, uh, that act also came after uh, reflecting on... Um, on Paul, Paul and Barnabas being in prison, mm. you know, while they were chained up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they sang hymns and so praise, sang praises. I was like, "Well, makes sense. Uh, there's yeah. nothing else to do but yeah. sing songs and uh, Amazing Grace and What a Friend We Have in Jesus." Mm. Uh, became my 
became my songs. Um, there were a few other, I can't remember <laughs> all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, they they were my, um, that was my place to go to at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So definitely brought consolation that God was still there, even though he, it felt like he was not there. Even after you had been mocked by your abductor? Yes. And, and mocked for your faith specifically. But your faith stayed strong through it all? Yes. Well, my faith kept me sane, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the best way of putting it. Yeah. And my faith that uh, I, I guess as growing up in a Christian home, you hear all these stories of persecution. I remember reading one book, Lilies Among the Thorns, uh, about persecuted Chinese, mm. some horrendous stuff far worse than anything I faced. Mm. And I could draw from that. And mm-hmm. it was like... They can go through, I can go through, I can survive this one. Um, so there was definitely, uh, I drew strength from that. You're listening to The Story. Today, once again, Gloria Anderson is sharing the events surrounding her abduction in 2011 by a boarder who she let stay at a granny flat on the back of her property. We'll hear how she finally escapes and how her nightmare comes to an end when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Our guest today is Gloria Anderson, who's sharing the events surrounding her abduction in 2011. As we heard before the break, Gloria was abducted and put in the boot of a car and then taken from Victoria to New South Wales. Now we'll find out what happens next as she continues her conversation with Eric Scadabo. Now let's... Get to the, the positive part after all this. You've gone through the valley. Yes. But eventually, the Lord provides a way for you to escape. Take us to where you were and the circumstances surrounding your escape. Um, at the end of three days, uh, we arrived in a little town in New South Wales called Young. Mm-hmm. Um uh, initially, when we first arrived, we were way too early to uh, book into a motel. Um, but while we were waiting in that period of time, um, I guess we were just sit- literally sitting out. But um, Darren was trying to explain his plan, whatever that plan was. So his um, one of his plan he had explained was he was going to leave me at a hotel and he was going to go his way and I can wait make my way back home and you're probably thinking that that sounds good i can yeah. finally be free from all this yeah well, one question that just came to my mind yeah were the police aware that you were abducted at this point were they looking for him not at that time oh it's too early they it was know. not too early and this is this happened over the weekend so this was about sunday um monday morning mm-hmm. uh reaching about monday morning and your children they were with my uh, ex at that time, so okay. it was the weekends. Um, they always spend with the dad. Mm-hmm. So, so the third so day. So nobody would have 
really notice that you're gone up until Monday morning. Or Sunday evening, that's when the kids came back. Oh, okay. So um, eventually uh, we drove to the motel. Um, he booked in under a false name. Um, apparently told his mother was sick, he's bringing his sick mother. Um, I don't, mm. Didn't make sense. Mm. Uh, and uh, we stayed in the motel for a period of time. Probably took a nap, I can't remember. But uh, towards the afternoon, um, he landed up um, tying my hands behind my back and putting me in the wardrobe in the motel room and tied that wardrobe up because it didn't really have a lock system. So he tied the handles up and he said, oh, I'm going for a drive uh, to, you know, fill up the fuel or car or something i'll i'll be back um and it was you could see the thought process even there he had uh, turned up the television on uh turned the volume up so you know if i yelled nobody would hear me he had uh put it sounds like this whole time he's trying to escape the consequences of what much. he's done pretty and much somehow he's thinking he's gonna get away pretty much but you knew you had a chance while he was gone Probably I I didn't know if he would come back or not. I had mm. I had no idea if he if he would return. So even though my hands were tied, but he had taped my mouth so I could not speak mm. or yell. Um, I managed to nap in the period of time. I don't know how long I was there. Approximately, police thinks about four hours. I was locked up in the cupboard, and when I did, uh, I think I woke up after being there uh, after sleeping for a bit um, I managed to somehow take the duct tape off my mouth just by you know opening my jaw pushing with my tongue mm-hmm. so managed to sort of loosen that up and after that well the nature called <laughs> so I had, had to, to go, go to, to the, the toilet, toilet. Yes. <laughs> I had to go to the toilet and at this time, I'm thinking, I have a little bit of dignity left, and I'm not going to pee in my pants. That was the ma- big motivation. Mm. I was like, you've been mm. tortured, you've been beaten, you've been, you know, and I had a little bit of dignity left, and I was not going to pee in my pants. So I started pushing the uh, the cupboard uh, door with my legs and my feet while uh, leaning against the wall, and... Um, the door did eventually give away. Mm-hmm. It came off the hinges and the door. I remember looking at the door and just freaking out and going, if he walked in through that door, came into the room, I would be dead. And then I'm like thinking of the possible excuses. Mm. Like I had to go to the toilet. Mm. So, And um, I stayed at the door for a quick five, six seconds. And then I just ran straight to the reception. And that's when I raised the alarm and asked for help. How did that person respond? <laughs> I mean, they must have been freaked out. Uh, yes, as I ran into the reception, um, you know, my hands are still tied at the back with duct oh. tape, um, you know, still hanging on the side of my mm. uh, face. Uh, this lady, she just, uh, you could see just she lost all the blood out of her face. She just mm. turned white. And, mm. and I'm like, hi, I'm Gloria. I've been abducted from Melbourne. Um 
I don't know how far is this from Melbourne, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I work at a drop-in center. There's this guy yeah, trying explain. to yeah. really short form and um, they called the police uh, while I waited there. And um, I was still frustrated because they won't, still didn't let me go to the toilet. <laughs> Until the police came and the police still wanted to take, uh, obviously, for evidence purposes, they had to take photograph, video me the way mm. they found me. And mm. even then, they still kept me waiting. I was pretty annoyed. Mm. <laughs> but um, eventually they did. Yeah. Well, that was part three of Eric Scadabo's conversation with Gloria Anderson, who's sharing with us about her abduction and escape in 2011. Also in the studio was Gloria's friend, Priscilla Chandra, who's providing moral support as Gloria recalls these painful events. As we'll hear next time, Gloria has gone on to start a ministry to help others called Thinking of You from one survivor to another. They distribute packages of clothing and toiletries to hospitals for sexual assault and domestic violence victims. We'll learn more about that ministry next time. Meanwhile, you can visit their Facebook page. Just look up Thinking of You from one survivor to another. Gloria's ministry, as well as her life's mission, can basically be summed up by the following verse from the book of Proverbs. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Well, thanks so much for joining us for part three of Gloria's incredible story. We invite you to join us again next time for part four and the conclusion. Until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I thought, why can't I do something and provide victims who go through similar process as I did in the sense of losing clothes and stuff and it all going into evidence and to provide them with clothes and toiletries and just basic human dignity, you know. Gloria Anderson was abducted from her home in 2011 and after a three-day ordeal, she managed to escape. She now wants to help others and has started a ministry called Thinking of You from one survivor to another. We'll hear the conclusion of Gloria's story next time. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.